Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast, where we have honest conversations about things that make us different. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. I've been in recovery for 13 plus years, and I'm the author of Discovering My Scars, my memoir about my mental health struggles, experiences, and faith. I'm a lawyer turned pastor who's all about self-awareness and emotional health because I know what it's like to have neither of those things. Beth and I have been friends for six years, have gone through a recovery program together, and when I wanted to start a podcast, she was the only name that came to mind as co-host. I didn't hesitate to say yes, because I've learned a lot from honest conversations with Steph over the years. We value honest conversations, and we hope you do too. That's why we do this, and why we want you to be part of what we are discussing today. Hey Steph, what's our topic today? Today, we are talking about Jesus Loves Me, This I Don't Know. That's not how the song oh, goes. No. Do you know the song that we're referring to that we're changing up the words to? Do you know? Do you know? I, I think people know. I don't know. Maybe we should sing it for them. Okay. Can you? Do you know the words? I do I don't know, know if the I words. Remember them. I know the Want words. Let me give you a beat, Beth. Okay, give me a beat. But I can't. That's like I have to speak it. I can't just speak it. I have to. We can sing do a spoken it. word version of it. Go. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus loves us. The Bible tells us so. Woo! That was not rehearsed, folks. And I hope you didn't turn off the podcast. Sadly, it's true. That was not rehearsed. <laughs> and we did mix up the words. We didn't mix them up. We, we changed up the words a little bit. When my kids were babies and I would sing to them at night, I would always change the words to that song because it felt weird to me to sing to them Hey, guess what, little one? Jesus loves me. <laughs> and I know this because the Bible tells me that Jesus loves me. So instead, I would sing to them about how Jesus loves them and how Jesus loves us and how Jesus loves you. And we changed it up without even realizing. We just like did it. We're we so flowed. off the cuff. We, I know. We were, we were just in the flow. We were that in the moment. moment. Wow. We should tell them that we spent about 20 minutes trying to find a public domain version of that song before we started. And then we're just like, whatever, we'll just figure it out in the moment. Just figure it out. And thank <laughs> and goodness we, we were recording. So I, that was gold. That was gold. That, that was, was podcast yeah. gold right there. And that's really good because there was that one time where we did a whole episode <laughs> and we weren't recording. That was not gold, guys. <laughs> Don't tell us. <laughs> that was not great. Well, I think we've talked about we've talked about Christianity and God and Jesus and all that stuff before in our podcast. And that's something that we talk about because we both are Christ followers. Beth, as you know, is a super pastor. <laughs> I added super because, you know, she's the best. Definitely not in my title. Super <laughs> is definitely not in my title. I'm going to make a new business cards, guys. It'll be OK. <laughs> I guess we both know that Jesus loves us. But I think there's a lot of people that, that don't know that. And it's a very, that's very simplistic. Jesus loves me. It's a very simplistic word. And I think sometimes um, Christianity is dumbed down into that simplistic, simplistic things. And I think that can be harmful. Is that, am I off base? What do you think about well, that? Well, so it is really simplistic, but it's also so powerfully true. I mean, it's just a small collection of words to say Jesus loves you or to say Jesus loves me, but the truth that is in that is very powerful when we can really let ourselves feel that. But I don't know that it always gets communicated in a way where it can be received as something that is honest and true. And that's a real shame. There's this concept that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves everyone, which I agree with. <laughs> um, but, you know, as humans and as free thinkers, why does that matter? 
And I know growing up, one of the things that was told to me, a big reason for why that matters is if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to hell. Well, Mm. that's a little intense. You know, that's to me, that's not a good enough reason. Like I'm living in the here and now. Why does, you know, why do I accept Jesus today when I could accept him on my deathbed and then I will go to heaven, right? Right, Pastor Beth? I mean, I do think that is something that people say. We we do have signs popping up around town now, like on the telephone poles that say um, today or else, right? Accept Jesus today or else. In marketing, I think they would call that creating a sense of urgency, right? Like this item is on sale only for a limited time. So you got to buy it today because it might not be here tomorrow. And I think in some ways, Christianity has has given in to that easy impulse or that easy, easy marketing approach when really our faith should should be, you know, we don't like to use the should word around here, but our, our faith really should be about something much, much deeper. And I think in that way would access the love of God in a way that is much truer. So yeah. why accept Jesus now instead of on your deathbed? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm not even sure about that idea of accepting Jesus. I'm not always sure what people mean when they say that. But I would say that in my experience, in my own life, my life is fuller and more whole and feels more abundant, not in terms of material things, but just in terms of love and loving kindness. All, all of that is present in more abundance when I am spending time with the God who loves me. And how do I know that God loves me? I know that God loves me because I know God through the person of Jesus Christ. If I waited until the end of my life to say, oh, okay, God, you know, now I've got my now I've got my 95 years in. Now I'm ready to, I've done it my way for 95 years. Now I'm ready to, to say, sure, you know, let's, let's be on board together. I think I would have missed out on decades of relationship with God that make my life better. Yeah, I will have to say when I was six is when I accepted Christ, whatever that fully means. To me, it meant I accepted that Jesus was bigger than me and was some someone I wanted to follow the principles of and the and believe in something bigger than myself. And I believed that this was a real person, unlike Santa referred to last week's episode. <laughs> uh, and for me, like, I'll have to say, though, when I was six, the reason why I, I wanted to have Jesus in my life was because I was told in church that day that, you know, if you walk outside and get hit by a car and you don't know you're going to heaven, you need to accept Christ today. That was the reason why I made that choice at six. So it, it worked. The, the fear worked on me. I don't agree with that as a, like, I don't think that's a great way to go, but it did work for me at a young age. And because I did that at such a young age, I've had, I feel like I've had, I feel like I have purpose in life. I have something not to go back to our last week's episode, but like Santa, they say, he's always watching you. Mm. Well, I think, I think God's always watching me and I, and not in a weird way. So like, I don't think like, Oh, is someone watching? Like maybe I can steal some money from Mm. the, you know, a cookie from the cookie jar because no one's watching. Someone's always watching me. God's always watching me. And I, I, and that gives me comfort actually. It gives me comfort that I'm not, I'm never alone. I always have, you know, presence with me and I'm not just alone on this planet, just trying to figure stuff out. I have someone that's always encouraging me and helping me and motivating me to go, um, you know, in the right direction. And so for me, like, yeah, I can't imagine life without, without Jesus in it. I mean, Jesus 
it, it's a hard concept because you can't see, touch, taste. So how do you know it's real? I mean, Hawaiian bread Jesus. I get to taste Jesus every <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> That's true. You in communion, Jesus. you can taste taste Jesus. But like for me, like I know that He loves me because He, you know, He brought you in my life, Beth. He created this, helped this podcast come about. He gave me the most beautiful, wonderful dog in the world, Mac. And he gave me great parents that I've learned from and I've had struggles with, but have stood by me and have provided for me. And I, those are the ways that I know that Jesus loves me and that I'm have a better life because he's in it. But to me, I live in the here and now. So like knowing that I'm going to heaven or hell is not a big daily occurrence for me. I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it. Afterlife is kind of a big concept that I don't need to spend a lot of time on. Um, I, I think I'm going to heaven. I, I hope I am, you know, based on the simplistic version, I've accepted Christ, so he I'm going to heaven. But that's not my that's not my um everyday motivation for, for praying. Is that your motivation, Beth? It's not my motivation. And I I used there was a a season where I really worried about this and I really worried about people who I care about who are completely outside of the church. I don't think they're outside of Christianity, but let's say they're outside of church. And I really worried about what was God doing. And I finally decided that I know, I know, no, 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 K-N-O-W. I know that I can trust God right here and right now. And if I can trust God with my present, then I have to trust, trust God with my future. And I have to trust God with the people I love. So I know God to be trustworthy. And so it's not that eternity or some sense of an eternal destination does that matter to me. It just is so far outside of my control that I am comfortable leaving that to the God who I know to be love. So Jesus loves me like that is it is simple, but it is really true. And I don't know why we why we want to shortcut it and make it just about you know, if you die tonight, where are you going? I, I do have to say, I didn't grow up in a church that had that as its paradigm, but I grew up in a community with a lot of churches that had that as the paradigm. So a lot of times when I hear that kind of thing, I feel like I'm looking at it from the outside. I don't feel like it represents my faith because it wasn't part of my foundational faith. So it's, so yeah, I would just say, I look at that kind of more like an outsider. My found, my faith foundation has always been about relationship with God. And about the fact that God is love and about the fact that God is always reaching out to humanity to try to build a relationship and that our free will is whether or not we're going to accept that relationship. So I think another kind of like thing people believe or kind of that stereotype that's portrayed is by knowing Jesus loves me and by accepting Jesus, my life is going to be better. I'm going to have only good times you know, is that, do you feel like that's an accurate depiction of life as a Christian? I don't feel like that's an accurate depiction of life as a Christian. I don't even think that's a biblical picture of what life with God is like. When you really dive into the biblical stories, you know, you've got the people who God has chosen and they've been enslaved and they're living in these terrible conditions. God comes to them and says, I have a different life for you. You know, Moses, I want you to lead my people. Pharaoh, let my people go. And nothing about that journey was easy, right? So there's a biblical model right there where it wasn't easy. 
if you back up from that and you go to the story of Joseph, you know, the one with the amazing Technicolor dream coat, like his brothers threw him in a well and and he spent time in in prison under false charges. Like nothing about his life was easy. If you fast forward past the Moses story and you, you know, you look at the life of King David, there's no one in the Bible who's described as being closer to God or or more in God's favor than King David. And he has a son who tries to usurp his power. Like nothing about that was easy, right? So I don't I don't know I don't know about this idea that life should be easy. I don't think life was easy for the for the disciples when they were following Jesus. I don't think that life was easy for them after the crucifixion and resurrection and ascension. We have pretty well documented church history about uh, the martyrdom that happened, and you know we believe that Paul wrote a huge chunk of the New Testament, but that he was executed by the Roman government. So I don't I don't know why we think that life should be easy for Christians. I totally don't think life is easier as a Christian, but I only have experience as as such. There's been moments of my life where I prayed about what what to do next, and the thing that I was hearing was for next for me was the scariest thing, mm. the scariest option, the hardest option. And I, I mean, writing my book that was a scary thing to do. Releasing my book, finding a publishing company publishing my book was a scary, scary thing to do, was a hard thing to do. And the only way I was able to do it was because God was behind me and he said, this is the time. And I was like, but I don't know, I'm really scared and I don't think I can do it. And he said, you can do it and I'm right here and it's going to be hard and I'm really proud that you're able to do this, that you're doing it. And I'm still scared every day about it. I'm still like, oh my gosh, I'm talking about real deep stuff and how do I, I've had some training with my publishing company and I learned all these new things. And it's like, how do you sum up your book in one line? How do you really sell your message? I'm like, what's my message? I don't know. So I'm working on that. <laughs> Hopefully God will just magically tell me what that is. And uh, I'm here to say that not, there's not been like this magical, you know, it'd be fun if God was magical and just like mm. things just happen. That magic doesn't happen. It's in- interesting because there are times when you kind of like Santa and God get compared and Santa brings you all these wonderful gifts and then God, you know, so then you're like, oh, well, God's like Santa. He brings me all these wonderful mm. gifts. Well, he does bring wonderful gifts, but it's not in the way in that very like cut and dry, like here's a present, unwrap it. It's it's in such interesting, like like he brought me Mac, but it was a hard like first few months with her was hard first week with her like I was like I'm more stressed than I've ever been even though like these wonderful gifts it's not like it's not like a I have a gift and now everything's better that's my been my experience and like I've written a book now everything's great no now I gotta market it now I gotta tell people about it now I gotta like do the vulnerable thing and like speak about my book which on most days I'm excited about and some days I'm like oh, let me get in my clamshell and just sit <laughs> right but um yeah, so for me, I've kind of realized like there are times that potentially are harder being a Christian because um, I'm stepping on a faith a lot of times and it's out of my comfort zone. Do you feel that way, Beth? I often feel like God is pushing me outside of my comfort zone, which gets back to trust, believing that, that just because it's hard doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to do. I also would say that I deeply experience the truth of God's unconditional love in those really hard times. So I've, I've written about this, so we can put a link to it in the show notes, but 
you know, if I were just sitting back and looking at it, I would think, oh, yeah, when everything is going really well, then I'll be able to experience God's love because it's like nothing is in the way. Everything is working out, right? And that hasn't been true for me. It's been the opposite that when times are really hard and I'm really feeling like I'm at the end of myself and nothing is going right and I'm not even lovable. Those are the moments when I felt the peace of God. What some people would say is the peace that passes understanding. I have felt that unconditional love of God in those moments. And it's, you know, I get it that if you haven't experienced that, I probably sound like an insane person. I, I totally hear that. I totally understand that. Uh, but I can't deny the reality of what I have experienced. I have experienced that understanding that I am loved unconditionally. I think that that was offered to me my whole life. I think my parents have always offered me unconditional love. I think my siblings have offered me unconditional love. My husband, my children. I didn't understand it until I experienced the unconditional love of God. Then that's something that's totally different and life-changing and changes, should change how I live. Do you think you can feel God's love without loving yourself? I do. I do. I think that experiencing God's love helps me love myself. So I don't think that there's a prerequisite, you know, and there's a certain amount that you have to love yourself or like yourself or understand your own lovability before you can experience the love of God. I think it's the other way around. I think the, that God's love opens our hearts and our minds to really be able to understand that and experience it. And is God and Jesus two different people? Yes and no. <laughs> Christianity is complicated. There's, there's no like shorthand way to explain the Trinity. The Trinity is a mystery. We as Christians believe in a Trinitarian God that is the three in one, the three persons of the one Trinity. We worship only one God. God is always God, Jesus, and the Spirit. So I think that there are sort of two ways to think about it. And if you if if in seminary you were to write on your paper that God and Jesus are the same person, you get a big fat red X because God the Father is one person of the Trinity and Jesus is the second person of the Trinity and the Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And so we would we would not say that they are the same person. They're three different persons, but they are one God. How do you explain the Trinity to a child? I don't. What do you tell a child about God, Jesus. Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's what I would tell a child. That, that That's the foundational truth, that God loves you. I know that God loves you because I've experienced God through the power of the Spirit to understand the person and work of Jesus Christ. But, you know, other religions think that we're tritheists, tri meaning three, like that we worship three gods, and we don't. There's just one triune God. And the more that we talk about it, the less sense it makes. I get that. And I don't think the church does a good job talking about it. I think if even if you listen to Christian music, you hear very little reference to the Trinity. You have to go back to some of the old hymns to really be able to sing about the Trinity. I don't think in... Well, there's a song I'm thinking that the God had three in one... Father, Son, and Holy... Like, there's a song. Or is it a hymn? I don't know. There's, like, a song that... Like, when you were talking about the Trinity, the yeah. song was, like, playing in my head. I think it's more of a modern song, but it could be a hymn. I'm not exactly sure which song that is, but I don't have the best uh, memory for music either, so it, it totally could be. Yeah. I just think that 
churches have... Well, it's complicated, right? It's, it's complicated. complicated. And people don't like complication. We want a simple one word. What do I believe? Okay, done. I think... I think that's pretty much human nature. I mean, look at brands. There's, you know, if I say, just do it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If I say, I'm loving it, you know where I'm talking about. I'm loving it. Okay, Golden Arches. (laughs) Oh, that's a McDonald's thing? Oh, okay. I didn't even go there and I know that. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, you know, the days of DVR, like I'm not in the commercials. Yeah, but that much. was like the aughts, the, the aughts. 2000s, because yeah. Justin Timberlake recorded that. But th- like we want that simple to understand phrase. I think we also want to be able to explain what we believe and why we believe it in a way that really comes to us through the enlightenment and our ability to learn and explain and rationalize everything you know, we want to we want to be very scientific about things. And God is just bigger than that. So I mean, I wouldn't describe God as magic because I think that can be a confusing term. I do think God does magical things, though. But I, I would describe God as supernatural. God, God is outside of nature. God created nature. So therefore, God is outside of it. God's also outside of time. So I think that we we going to shortcut that and just be like, here's a here's a simple explanation that we can all wrap our minds around and we can all agree to and we can explain it and we can justify it. So if somebody knows that God loves them, what's the next step? When I started my blog five or six years ago, I really wanted to share the message that I was learning to live loved, that I had experienced this transformation of just knowing about God and actually having, you know, pretty decent relationship with God to really having experienced the unconditional love of God and that that transformed how I looked at every relationship and how I looked at the world and how I looked at other people. And so the message of my blog was learning to live loved. Let's let's live loved together. So what does it mean to live loved? It means to not feel like you're having to always earn love from other people because you've got the love of God. It means not feeling like there's a limited amount of love to go around because God's love is abundant and not scarce. It means that you have freedom to love others because God's love is so abundant in you that you can't help but share it. For me, once I really experienced that unconditional love of God, I think that it transformed how I looked at myself in the world. So Beth, you talked a lot about the the Bible, the biblical stuff today, and that was reminding me of just there's the Bible's tough to just pick up and read. Like it's in every hotel room, but it's a tough book to like pick up and understand. Um, which is why I want to plug something because you have made the Bible actually manageable and meaningful. That's right, the yes. M and M's. That's my thing. <laughs> so Beth actually has this really cool program. Yeah, it's like a like a it's, workshop. Yeah, like or- a workshop. I actually have it set up now that you could do it as a five-week small group study, and I call it Bible 100, and the idea is that you can learn about the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, in 100 minutes or less, but it never takes or less. It's always It always takes me 100 minutes. I actually have the whole 100-minute video on YouTube. We can put a link to that, and you can watch the whole thing. You could do it as a workshop with some other people, or if you wanted to break it into different chunks and have more hands-on activities, because 100 minutes is really just a lecture. But if you wanted to break it down and do more activities, I have the a five-week study that small groups have been doing and really, really feeling like it's helping them understand the big picture of the Bible better. 
Sweet. So we will put a link to that in the show notes. And if they, if people want to keep up with you on social media, where is your biggest platform? Where are you on the most? I'm on Twitter like 65 times a day. Okay. Yeah. What's your handle? At Beth Demme, B-E-T-H-D-E-M-M-E. Nice. Um, And I am on Instagram probably the most. So if you want to keep up with the things that I'm up to, my handle is SMK author. That's it. SMK author. Also, if you want to visit my website, I I set up another um, website address because my website is actually stephaniecostopolis.com. But best that that was too hard for people to spell. (laughs) So you can go to smkauthor.com and it'll take you to my website. True story. I recently <laughs> was working on a graphic and needed to be reminded of how to spell Costopolis. And I went to smkauthor.com and poof. Yay. There I could get once again see Costopolis written out and I could spell it correctly. It works. Well, we um, have a question for you. So every every podcast, we like to ask you a question that you can call in to our voicemail number to answer. And today's question is a question. <laughs> um, we want to know, do you have any questions for us? Yeah. But please don't ask me questions about the Trinity, y'all. Please so- do. Please <laughs> do. I'd love it. <laughs> as someone who is serving as a pastor and who is in seminary, I feel like um, deeply immersed in how difficult it is to talk about things now like that. Now that you've talked about that, I can't cut that section out of this episode. So I hope you enjoyed it because <laughs> I couldn't cut it out. <laughs> So if you have any questions for us, please call into our voicemail number. And the number is 850-270-3308. At the end of each episode, we like to end with questions for reflection. These are questions we've written about today's show. And Beth is going to read them, leaving a little space between for you to pause. And you can answer them out loud to yourself. Or you can go to our website, dospod.us, and you will find a downloadable PDF. Number one. How do you know if Jesus loves you? Number two, does it matter to you if Jesus loves you? Number three, what does it feel like to be loved unconditionally? Number four, is there anyone in your life you love unconditionally? And number five, do you feel there is societal pressure to believe that Jesus loves you? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thank you for joining us.